all, hello, Julie. Hello, I, this is bittersweet. I know. I'm sad. I feel like we had a breakup or something. Yeah, like we're, like we're, (laughs) I feel like we're in a fight and that's why we're not together now. But it's really just that in reality, we don't live in the same city. And it's also weird, too, because we never record this early. Yes, it is very odd. My um, husband and I, as you know, I'll tell the audience, not that they care, have a date tonight. So Elizabeth and I are recording at 12 o'clock in the afternoon during her lunch break. It's my lunch break. I just had a quesadilla. And um, I spent part of my lunch break. Look at this, Julie. I have this, we can take this out, but I have this blackhead that's been living in my bridge of my nose for a year and a half. Is it raised? It's raised and it's been there for so long and it was annoying the shit out of me this morning. So I went in my bathroom, I took the cuticle clippers and I started ripping skin off and now I'm nervous about what's going to happen to it. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, don't touch it. Okay. So, um... Today is a true crime. Um, This one is, I mean, they're all sad, but this one's pretty freaking sad. Um, So I'm just going to jump in. Um, So on January 14th, 2018. What is it called? um, It's called the Turpin 13. Okay. Have you heard of it? I have not. Okay. So I actually saw this a couple years ago it was on um like a news broadcast I would me and Matt were at his mom's house having having dinner or something and I saw this pop up on the news and I was like holy shit oh yeah this was like all went down in like 2018 oh wow okay yeah so um on January 14th 2018 a 911 dispatcher in Paris California received a call from a 17-year-old girl claiming that she had just climbed out of a window of her home to escape and that her and her 12 siblings had been held captive for their entire lives. Now I'm going to take you on a journey. We're going back. Sorry, to... I was just making like a face of shock. Yeah, but no I don't one know. Could... Uh, okay. No one can hear my face. <laughs> no, they can't. So um, that was 2018. So now I'm going to take you back um, okay. to the 1960s. To, oh. Prince, to Princeton, West Virginia. Um, Louise Lambert grew up with her two sisters and one brother in a small home where her and her mother, or sorry, her and her sisters were actually sold for sex to her grandfather. Ew. Mm-hmm. So Wait, by who? Who was selling them? Mom to her dad. So like her maternal grandfather was um, sexually Ew. abusing her and her sisters and, she, and he was paying his daughter yeah really really fucked up um so that's the kind of life that louise lambert had um so the family was actually they were members of a pentecostal church and they were pretty devout in their religion and that's actually where louise met someone named david turpin louise was 10 and david was 17 when louise turned 16 she ran away with david and escaped the abuse that she was experiencing at home they eloped 
and they were still living in West Virginia. Um, but the one thing her sister did say, and I got, and I will say a lot of my sources came from the desert sun, which is a, um, like a news, I don't know if it's a newspaper or like a news blog online about the, in the California area. And then also I watched the 60 minutes on this and they interviewed her Louise Turpin's brother and sister on this 60 minutes episode. And Louise was, she grew up in California then they ran away to West Virginia. She No, she grew up in West Virginia. Oh, duh. Okay. Yes. Sorry. We're not in California yet. Okay. So I just left you with a teaser. Okay. And now we're traveling back in time. So of we're in West Virginia. this Virgi- is originated in West Virginia. Exactly. In the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Um, On brand. Yes. So Louise turned 16, ran away with David. They eloped. Um, but her sister made a funny comment in the 60 Minutes episode. She goes, and I always said, Louise didn't marry handsome, but she did marry rich. <laughs> well, there's um, something to be said for that. <laughs> Yeah. So in their first 15 years together, David and Louise had eight children. Uh, It was said that they dressed them in uniforms and kind of parented in a very militant, military. Militant, I think. Militant. Yeah. Thank you. I think. They, so their first 15 years together. Like the Von family. Yes, just like the Von but just like the Von Trapp family. (laughs) So um, they began to homeschool all eight children. Um, her sister Teresa noticed and commented because they would spend time with their aunt and uncle. Um, Teresa noticed that they were kind of small for their ages. So like all eight kids looked like they were going to be small. Okay. And Louise was like, yeah, no, they're going to be really tall and lanky like their dad. And Teresa was like, but no. No, like they're they mature. look, they're li- they're little, and she was like, I didn't necessarily notice that they looked malnourished per se. She's like, they just didn't look like their ages. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So she said that um, after she made that comment, Louise actually cut off all visual contact from Teresa and her other siblings, and she was on- they were only allowed to keep in touch with Louise and her children via phone call. So they wouldn't do like in-person like celebrations or like hang out with their family. It was strictly just like over the phone. And that's when David and Louise just kind of started isolating themselves from everyone around them because people started to notice, I guess, in a way. So now in the early 2000s, um, Louise and David decide to move to a remote area of Texas called Rio Vista. So the family lived there for a while and they were basically in a perfect world isolated um they only had like one set of neighbors but granted this is an area of texas where like your neighbor is literally a mile away you know yeah but it's also an area where like the kids go out and play and they're out for all they're out all day long playing like on the dirt roads and stuff and like the farmland and then they just go home for dinner it's kind of the the way of life in this area So the neighboring children and some of the kids that they actually went to school with would make fun of the kids because they smelled weird and they wore weird clothing and they kept wearing the same clothes every day. Mm. Um, The neighboring parents, though, realized how pale they were, which was weird. So one neighbor that they interviewed on 60 Minutes, she was like, yeah, there was was one day that one of the, the Turpin children were playing with my daughter and I remember just being like, Hey, like, do you have gloves on? 
Like she was so pale. She, she thought like she had like gloves, white. Like, yeah. She like thought she had white latex gloves on. And the little girl looked at her and said, wash past the wrists or you're wasting water. And she was like, I thought it was weird, but the way she said it was like, it was a reflex. Like she had to say it. Mm. And it was just like, that's a weird, she was like, I just remember thinking like, that's a weird thing to say. Um, the oldest child, while they were in Rio Vista, actually tried to escape and ran to a neighbor's house. She was about 12 years old, and the neighbor thought that she was mentally challenged because she couldn't really explain what was going on. Oh, wow. I mean, it would be a lot, though, for a child to have to, like, articulate all of that mm -hmm. without any help, especially one that's been so isolated. Right. So the oldest of eight runs to the neighbor. The neighbor's like, I don't really understand what you're saying. I know where you live, though, so, like, let's go home. Oh, no. And returns her back to the home with David and Louise. So they decided to move again after this incident, of course. Um, the neighbors, after they moved, the neighbors actually saw the home. They said that inside there were desks lined up for homeschooling. It smelled really, really bad in the home. Like, the, the odor was awful. And there were new toys there that had literally never been played with. Mm. and there were a bunch of bunk beds that had ropes and like chains on the bed frames and there were no mattresses on the bunk beds but there was also like dead cats and rats everywhere like they're like carcasses of dead animals and like it was just really really dirty really really awful Ooh. um and they were like yeah in hindsight we should have notified someone like no fucking shit yeah like like attention. they just moved you know that those kids are still with them like you have time. You can call somebody. Yeah, you can call somebody. Yeah, right. Even after the fact. It really pissed me off. I was listening to this, and I was just like, you guys are so ignorant. I was so mad. Um, and then in 2010, this is when they moved from – this is when they moved from Rio Vista, Texas. They moved to Marietta, California in 2010. So um, neighbors say that they rarely saw the children there. Um David actually got a job with a defense contractor for Northrop Grumman, and that's why they moved out to California. So he was working, Louise was at home, and she's quote-unquote, like, homeschooling the children. Like, that's her job. Yeah. So at age 47, Louise gives birth to her and David's 13th child. Did it just run out at that point? Like, just like, pew! Like, <laughs> like she's standing there doing the dishes and the and baby just, just falls out. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is just a general list of abuse that was going on at this time. Um, the children were tied or chained to their beds. They were only fed once a day. They were only allowed to bathe once a year. And they had absolutely no communication with the outside world because they, now they were 100% homeschooled. They were not allowed to leave their house. Who's who's winning when you don't bathe? Because I have that's a great question. Children become stinky, and then just nobody wins. Well, I'm just wondering because if they're chained to their beds and they're not allowed to to bathe, like obviously there's restrictions on using the restroom. I don't know. These it's people stinky, were absolutely stinky insane. Situation for very very awful. Although that's um, the least of the. I mean, at the least. Oh, for sure. Sure. no, but... for sure. But if you're trying to find like a funny silver lining, like yeah, like why eh. did we decide this? <laughs> so, 
Louise's sister, Teresa, she mentioned that they were at this point dabbling. She said, quote unquote, they were dabbling in witchcraft. And that's what Louise told Teresa on the phone. We've all dabbled <clears throat> in witchcraft here and there. If I mean, I've, done, se- if, I've seen the craft. If you've done a Ouija board, you've dabbled in witchcraft. We've all done one of those. If you've seen Charmed. Um, so on in October of 2011, David and Louise renew their wedding vows in Las Vegas with all of their children present. And guess who renews their vows? The grandpa. No. I don't know. Elvis, duh. Because they're in Vegas. No. They went to Las Vegas. Not real Elvis. No, 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 no. What? I don't know know why just for a second. It's an Elvis impersonator. Like, of course it was Elvis. Yeah. Um, But all of the children were actually wearing the same exact outfits, and they all had the same haircuts. And I'll post these photos. There's not many photos of the children and, like, the family together, obviously. But it's just, like, creepy. Like, all the, all the girls are in these, like, purple and pink plaid, like, smocked dresses. And all the boys are wearing suits. And then they're, and then the parents are in the center of the photo. And then Elvis is just there. Like, <laughs> like what's up? Like, doing, f- doing, doing finger guns. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it is, it is a very eerie photo. Um, like, in hindsight, knowing what's going on, obviously. I mean, it's a weird photo regardless, but... Yeah. So, in, in 2014, they then moved to Paris, California. And, again, neighbors say they rarely saw the children. In 2016, there's a couple more, like, in-person interactions with people in that town. One of which was a... Uh, like a Christmas decorating contest that the family participated in. I guess they had to do like a nativity scene on their front yard. And when they went to like find out who won, David and Louise brought like three or four of the children with them. Oh, okay. And like that was their outing probably for the year. Like I don't, That's weird. but I point that out because there's all these different missed opportunities that we're going to go over. Um, right. And that was just one of them for people to be like, Hey, this is weird. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then in January, on January 14th of 2018, um, that's when the escape happened. So now we can go back to the first thing that I mentioned in regards to the 911 call. So at 6 a.m., a 17-year-old girl escapes the home and dials 911 using a cell phone that she was actually able to hide from her parents, which I don't know how she got it. Yeah. And there's not a lot of information on Maybe the she details. Like, I don't even have names of the kids. It's that like yeah. private, which I don't blame them at all. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I would want to, I would want, if I was one of them, God forbid, like I would, would want to keep my stuff. After, I would change my name, I'd change my whole identity. Like I would. Never... Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so more power to them. I think it should stay private, but basically she had a cell phone somehow. She hid it from her parents and she escaped, called 911 and the call lasted 20 minutes. And on the call, uh, she explains Again, that her and her 12 siblings had been abused by their parents and they were held captive. Come 9 p.m. that evening, David and Louise Turpin are arrested on suspicion of child abuse and torture. The six youngest children, were trans- which were all minors, were transported to Riverside University Medical Center in Moreno Valley. And then the seven adult siblings were then taken to Corona Regional Medical Center. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they had to separate them. I'm just thinking maybe Riverside Medical might be more of focused on children. 
Um, but some results from this was that the 29-year-old, which was the um, the eldest, mm-hmm. weighed 81 and a half pounds. Holy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 81 and a half pounds. Like, I don't even know. I don't even think I know an adult that's 90 pounds. Uh-uh. Um, I don't think I do either. Yeah, like, I have a, I have a lot of, like, really pocket-sized friends, but, like, I think everyone's at least they're all like healthy. You know what I mean? At the, at the minimum, yeah. Right. So, um, and then the 17-year-old, which is the one that called and called 911, had an IQ of a first grader. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's so sad. On January 18th, 2018, so this is four days later after the escape, David and Louise Turpin plead not guilty. I'm just, you can't hear me, but I'm rolling. I I know, like, (laughs) who else was responsible for this? Right. Like, pled not guilty in Riverside County Superior Court to numerous allegations. Riverside County District Attorney Mike Hestron holds a news conference that day and says that the children were taunted with food, starved to the point that their growth was stunted, beaten. Fucking knew this was going to happen. My bug guy's here. Hold on. Okay. Okay, sorry. It's okay. Um, to numerous allegations, Riverside County District, Court, District Attorney... Mike Hurston, <clears throat> Hestron, sorry, holds a news conference saying that the children were being taunted with food, starved to the point that their growth was stunted, be- beaten, choked, and chained. Um, David Turpin is actually accused of sexual abuse at this point. And allegedly, like before they were caught, the family was planning to move to Oklahoma. So they just keep, it's like a pattern. Like they just keep you know, abusing the kids. And then when people are noticing, um, then they just move. So, and then February of 2018, um, an attorney representing the older Turpin children tells the desert Sun that the siblings, Oh, sorry. Let me restart this. So we're moving to Oklahoma. So at this point, they're going through, trials because they had pled not guilty um and in june of 2018 the judge declares that there's enough evidence for david and louise turpin to stand trial um but between this time so in february he is really not okay um in february of 2018 this is actually a happy fact um an attorney representing the older Turpin children tells the desert sun that the siblings are doing well. They're being exposed to normal activities like watching star Wars and Harry Potter and they're, they're play sports and eat lasagna. Oh, that's good. As most people should. Um, and, and then in June is when they, they declare that they can stand trial in December of 2018, the Turpin family home in Paris, California is actually put up for auction. Um, and then in February 2019, David and Louise Turpin plead guilty. So finally, they're just like, okay, that's they're it. Like, like we're you just going to. Exactly. Um, to one count of torture. 
Shouldn't it be 13 of them? At least? Um, At least, yeah. And then per kid, like, how many times yeah. did you do this? Like, I like I can't even. Okay, hold on. If the oldest. <laughs> Copper. He doesn't like your bug guy. He really hates the bug guy. Um, so I'm going to do some quick. <laughs> That's a big boy bark. Well, there's a there's an intruder. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna do some math really quick. So if they're if the oldest kid was 29 times 365 days a year, that means that the kid the kid was alive for 10,585 days of torture. Yeah. And then. Years old, but you get the point. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So, of days. Yeah. So I'm not good at math, but I'm not going to keep going. So, uh. <laughs> so um, they plead to one count of torture, four counts of false imprisonment, six counts of cruelty to a dependent adult, and three counts of willful child cruelty. It just blows my mind. Um, to me. It pisses me off the whole thing. So in April of 2019, so this is a couple months later, David and Louise Turpin are sentenced to prison, 25 years to life. They each get that. And both are actually incarcerated in California State Prison in Corcoran. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Corcoran. Um, So this is a little update on where the kids are at right now. Um, Again, I don't have too many details because they are very private as they should be. But in 2020, so here's the little update. So per their family attorney, his name is Jack Osborne. Um, it was, and I shouldn't have laughed, but like, I get, I, it was like, I think it's kind of funny. Okay, maybe it's not funny. Okay, you can tell I'll me if I'm being a bitch. So basically, he was like, well, COVID's happening and they're used to being indoors. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so kind of funny i know thank you okay cool so um he said that the adult children are kind of scattered and living across the state of california and they're assimilating as best as possible to quote unquote normal life um again something hard to do in 2020 um but there's little information about the six younger siblings that has been disclosed just because they are the minors but i was gonna say that's definitely i mean that makes sense right and and what he did say about all of the kids as a whole he said they don't want their experience they don't want their experience that they went through as children to define them oh i would be the same way right so he said they they want people to know that they are normal young healthy adults doing what everyone else is doing out there yeah so, I mean, all in all, I mean, I'm just, I'm thankful that no one died. I mean, that we know of. Could you imagine? Like, it, it, I mean, the whole story breaks my heart, but I think I just am in fear that once the kids get older and they are a little bit more educated and they come out and they start talking more about this, if that's something they choose to do, that more comes out that's even worse than what has been reported on. Yeah. And I, my thing is like the mom was a, I don't, I guess I don't really understand the cycle of abuse, how this works, like from a psychological standpoint. I think I get it. I don't like, either. I, I'm not saying I get it, but like I can, I've seen it happen 
with mm-hmm. people I know in like abusive relationships, like emotionally abusive right. that kind of cycle of abuse where it's like, you know, the partner is abusive and then they do the like, oh, like I'm going to buy you 50,000 like chocolates and flowers and it'll never happen again. I've seen people that I know that have gone through that cycle. But what I mean cycle of abuse, I mean the mother was sexually abused by her grandfather. You would think that then she would seek out a life free of abuse for her children. Right. How does that I think it's displacement. It's like she's taking her abuse and putting it into – it's like she's trying to compartmentalize that part of her life and instead of taking it on and like dealing with it herself, she's forcing it on someone else. I mean, I don't know, Julie, cause I've never, been, I mean, luckily thank God I've never been in a situation like that. So I can't speak firsthand, but like, I would I imagine if I'm tra- how, how it works. Right. Like, it, like, I've got, happen. like if I'm trying to rationalize it, like that's the only thing I can come up with. But I will say I do know people that have been, like physically and sexually abused and they leave, they lead beautiful lives. They yeah. don't do like, they like, totally. it's not, there's no displacement there. So it, I just don't, I don't, of, I don't get it, there are but it is an that, interesting subject. That vow to end the cycle of abuse with them or right. their, you know, partner or whatever yeah. it looks like. There are lots of people that take that route as opposed to continuing on a lifestyle of abuse. Right. It's just, crazy but I will say um one source that I found said that Louise was absolutely obsessed with John and Kate plus eight. <laughs> oh god so then I'm like well maybe she was obsessed with like the Duggar family you know what I mean like she yeah. she told her sister Teresa that she wanted 20 kids I mean if that's what you want there was a family um from my hometown that had that then again they Almost all the kids were adopted, but I think that they had, like, they had a lot. At least 10 kids. Whoa. And, yeah. That's a lot. Actually, it might have even been more than that because I think they were interviewed or something, and one of the things that they said was, like, every month we have a birthday to celebrate. Oh, my God. (laughs) Or maybe it was 10 kids plus the parents. I don't know. Either way, they had a lot of kids. And I guess for some people, if that's what you want, that's what you want, but... You better make sure you can take care of all those kids, which this right. family is a good family, and they did take care um, of themselves. But. but I do want to just go over really quickly a few missed opportunities yeah. that outsiders had. Um, so we did talk about the um, – we talked about the neighbors that went through the house after they left. That was a missed mm-hmm. opportunity, so that's one. Yeah. We talked about um, – the children, a few of the children being out of the house and in front of other people during the nativity scene, like contest announcement, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's number two. Um, I just want to throw a third one out there because this is just like in general. Copper! <laughs> that was a howl. Neighbors everywhere they lived. I'm just yeah. going to, like, I'm going to honestly count two more for that. Because well, and I'm just imagining if I had a neighbor that I knew had 12 kids, like that part is not going to bother me. But then if I never saw them, right? But then who do you call? Just like okay, so cops. we're going to go through that too. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. like, what do you even do? Though? Yeah, we're going to get there. So, um, I so right now I'm counting four missed opportunities because I'm counting three for neighbor opportunities at the three places that they moved. Right. I just think that it's ridiculous. Um, on June. 
these are specific ones now. So in June of 2001, the Hill County Sheriff's Office, when they were living in um, Texas, their four-year-old daughter actually got bit by a neighbor's dog. And the sheriff's office was like making contact with the family. That was a missed opportunity. So that's number five. Another one was in February of 2003. Again, the Hill County Sheriff's Office. Copper! Cool it, Bubba. That's a talk back. Okay. So we were on what number? Sorry. Yeah, so we were on five. So, so in February 2003, Hill, the Hill County Sheriff's Office again makes um, contact with the family. The Turpin family pigs, which I didn't even know they had pigs, got loose and ate 55 pounds of the neighbor's dog's food. So I guess the neighbors whose dog food it was like called the cops on them and, and like they the came out. So they made food. contact. So that's number six. Um, another one, I don't know the date or the location, but neighbors were reported seeing the children marching in a circle late in the evening through a window. Yeah, I would 100% do a wellness Like, what? <laughs> you're going to bed and you look out your window and you're like, oh, that's weird. Like, no, fucking pick up the phone and call the cops. Odd like for them. So another one that I don't know the date or location, neighbors also reported seeing the oldest boy scavenging for food in garbage cans in the neighborhood. And you're not going to do anything. Like, it just rips my heart out. Like He's just not your average dumpster diver. The kid looks hungry. <laughs> right. Like, he's clearly neglected. So oh it God. just, the whole story is really sad. But, you know, I try to choose stories that focus on survivors because, you know, it's it's all about mental health awareness and just making sure that people that are surviving situations like this are getting the help that they need. Um, yeah. And from what it sounds like, these kids are. Um, again, they're just trying to assimilate as best as possible to what they would consider a normal life right now. Um, but basically moral to the story, do not ignore your gut. Your gut is always right. Right. Um, and if it's not right, what's the worst thing that could happen? You call somebody, they come out, they check it out and they say, no, sorry. Like we looked into it and you were wrong. They don't even have to, they literally don't even have to say who it was that called. Exactly. Sure it's all anonymous. anonymous call. Yeah. For sure. Oh, no. I mean, I think it's anonymous unless you say, like, no, tell them Cheryl called. Like, right. what? So basically, contact your authorities if you have any feeling that something's going on. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, even if you're not a neighbor, like, if you see somebody in a Target or a Walmart and you're like, whoa, that looks weird, like, call somebody, like, give a description. Like, anything can help. And like any information is not going to be bad information. Yeah, um, like, like you said, the worst that can happen is maybe you're wrong. Right. Whatever. And who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Um, so I did want to provide the child abuse hotline for um, the U.S. So it's actually 1-800-4-A-CHILD and it's 1-800-422-4453. Um, and I actually got a, um, I have a document that has all of the different hotlines like, um, sexual abuse like human trafficking all that good stuff so i'm going to post it on our instagram and on our twitter just as another resource for people to check out like in case they're in a situation um and they need a quick quick look um but it's just it's just crazy like 2018 and this shit was happening 13 kids like i can't imagine i just I'm trying to, like, I just, there's not that much information, but I'm trying to think, like, 
okay, when she was on number 12, did she, was she having, was she giving birth in her home? Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like, like if she's were there no birth certificates for these kids that no one was holding them accountable? Like, how no. did this just fly under the radar for so long? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I guess you could be having the children in your home and not. Right. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think how dangerous that can be. Like, and I'm not saying, I mean, if you want to have your kid at home, that's fine. But I think people that I know that have had home births have at least had like nurses and midwives there. And like, right. I mean, you... and then that would, that, and then that would require someone going into her home and like seeing the neglect. Like that means they must've been going to the hospital and then they're probably just tying the kids or like chaining the kids to the bed while they're gone. And they come home with a new baby and it's just like, yeah. Oh. So, moral of the story, if you see something or you get a weird feeling, just call somebody. Yeah. Tell them it's Cheryl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Karen. A lot of Karens complain nowadays. Yeah, Karen. <laughs> but Karen's usually not actually saving the day. No, no. But, so I just thought that was a very um, significant story, and it was something that I've honestly been – I had – honestly had been thinking about it like every once in a while you know when you like remember something that you're like oh like you kind of fixate on on it for a while this is one of those that I was fixating on until I was like I'm just going to do the research and talk is about it because is there like a documentary or anything there is so I can post the link to the 60 minutes that I watched it was actually 60 minutes australia um so I'll post a link so you guys can watch that I saw it on youtube and then there I think there is like a, not necessarily a documentary, but I think there is a film about it. So I'll post some information on that too, if I can find it. Um, and I'll definitely post pictures of like the family and stuff. Um, I, I was trying, and I know people that listen to this will probably, cause when I listen to true crime podcasts, I have a tendency of like, while someone's talking, I'll like Google stuff and like look at pictures and everything. But, um, I'm not going to post any photos that have, um, the children's faces clearly so you can yeah. see them because yeah. they are trying to live a private life. Um, I think it's only fair and respectable that we continue that per their wishes. Yeah. I agree. Um, so I will post pictures so you can see like their outfits and their haircuts and stuff like that, but I'm not going to post anything that would um, like advertise what their facial features are. Um, yeah. But you'll see the nasty freaking parents that did this to them. If you can even call them parents. Um, Wait, what did you say what happened to them? Yeah, they're uh, 25 to life in California. They're still alive. That still doesn't seem like enough. Nothing will be enough, but yes. Yeah, yeah I agree. So that's the that's the story of the, the Turpin 13. Julie, wow. have you ever noticed anything? Like, have you ever called anybody because you got a weird feeling about something? I just know the one time that you did remember no <laughs> we I don't even remember together this was in this would have been in 2015 maybe 2016 we had some visitors in town and um they we were getting ready to go somewhere and there was a guy and looking back on it I think it was just a drunk guy but he like did oh my god him, yes and his pants were like falling down he was like stumbling down the street and you called the non-emergency number and they said ma'am <laughs> <laughs> they said ma'am does he have a weapon and you said i don't know his words or his actions 
<laughs> his words or his actions could have been weapons. Copper! Could be his words or his actions. It was so funny. But to your point, I mean, I think they did come out and, like, I want to say it ended up being one of our neighbors, like, drunk sons but like i think it was like her nephew because we lived across the street from like a like a 70 year old woman that used to come out and like water her lawn like seven times a day yeah and i do think that it was probably her nephew yeah did you um, see this elizabeth that i'm um, sorry i was googling no, pictures fine. of the kids they went to disney oh yeah, yeah yeah sorry that was on here i think i missed that note no i mean Pause. it's just like weird that to see this family taking a disney trip no, they, that was after the Las Vegas situation. I remember that chronologically. It's freaky, and they are really small. Yeah. It's just so sad. But those neighbors, seriously, like, I was surprised they even went on 60 Minutes. Like, how can you show your fucking face? Yeah. Seriously. You saw that house in disarray. You witnessed the kids being neglected. Like, even if it was from afar, you had a bad feeling about it so much that you're going to be on 60 Minutes, but you're not going to pick up the phone and call. The dad is so creepy. Oh, my gosh. His so hair creepy. looks His like, bowl cut. What's the character from Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide? That I'm I was thinking, thinking more of, like, a Hey Arnold situation, but yeah. No, there was the one uh, – oh, my God. I'm not going to remember the name of the character – um with the weird haircut and it looks just or the like kid or sad. the kid from um camp nowhere with the yeah, bowl cut exactly <laughs> yes um oh my god <laughs> <laughs> let me see it <laughs> oh coconut head that's what they called him and <laughs> let me see Oh my God! Will you send me that picture? So we'll do a comparison. That, and then... No, <laughs> it's the same. Oh man! In his prime, yeah, a past life. Oh, coconut. Wait, go back to that. Was he wearing like a VIP badge to go to Disneyland? I don't know if this was a Disney picture, but this is also oh. a good one to use because all the kids' faces are blurred. Yeah. So I'll send you this one too. It's just so sad. Like, look. Okay, the tallest ones in that photo. Look at their miniature. Yeah. This one looks happy, though. I mean, who's not happy when you go to Disney? I'm not. That wasn't the point I was making. It's just she's a cute child. I mean, I'm glad they got to experience that. It's just such a nightmare situation. Yeah, it really is. So that's that's my downer. We've been doing a lot of uppers lately, so that's my downer. Well, I guess in the end, the upper is that they all lived. Oh, for sure. And, um, I mean, hopefully they'll be thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the Turpin 13 Family Secrets Exposed. Looks like it's some kind of YouTube series. Hmm. I don't know. Spaghetti Heads Podcast. Uh, oh, just kidding. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, <laughs> Spaghetti Heads Podcast. Send us your embarrassing stories to SpaghettiHeadsPodcast.outlook.com. Follow us on Twitter at Spaghetti underscore Heads. And look out for us next week what's the we've got a lot of different good themes i don't know if we that we're playing many. with right now we haven't picked, picked one yet many. but i'll send so you the list. Be a surprise yeah yeah and then next thursday's a history happy hour yeah way a little bit more of an upper than this one i 
just or a downer. I don't know. She's had a complicated life. Yes. So, well, so, cheers with our non-alcoholic beverages uh, because you're yeah. not drinking on the job. I've got a cup of water this time. Yeah, I'm not drinking. I'm doing a. I'm doing a crystal light. It's a plastic <laughs> cup. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. Cheers.